guys, welcome to my podcast, Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I am your hostess with mostess, uh, Coach Callie Tammy Loftus, out here in beautiful Southern uh, California, San Diego to be exact. Uh, this is episode one, actually, of my podcast. I am so excited for you guys to join me today. Uh, it is a late Sunday afternoon and I just wanted to get this in uh, before tomorrow and get you guys set up for the week. Uh, this week, uh, I want to talk about happiness, uh, how happiness is a choice. And I know some people might argue with me about that one or they might have a difference of opinion. I think argue is a little bit uh, too strong of a word for that. But uh, I wrote a Facebook post back in September, and it got a lot of attention. And so I, I really want to start out this this podcast by, by reading what it is that I wrote, and then I'm going to talk about it from there, because I think it's going to really give you guys some insight as to why I say happiness is a choice. And when you can harness that whole thought process of happiness being a choice and you make that choice, you make that decision, you can change your life instantaneously, almost. It's about perspective. And uh, once you learn how to change your perspective on what's going on and you make different choices and the way that you think and how you look at things, everything else changes on its own and you don't have to do a whole lot of work to make that happen. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, I do have a a welcome uh, a welcome podcast up. I think it was last like ten minutes, just telling you a little bit about me. Uh, but I will, uh, if you haven't, I'm going to fill you in 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 just a few minutes. Uh, but again, my name is Tammy Loftus, and I live in beautiful San Diego, California. Uh, listening to my accent, you know that I am not born and raised here. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, lived I actually born in Topeka, Kansas. Lived in Chicago till I was 11. Moved to Alabama right before I turned 12 uh, in 1978 and I lived there until 2011 when I moved to Atlanta and I left Atlanta in December of last year and came out to beautiful Southern California. So I'm going to read this this post that I had on Facebook. It says I have some deep thoughts today. When was the last moment you were truly happy? So happy you just couldn't contain it. At peace with yourself, at peace with others. How many of those moments have you had this year? The past year? Even the year before? It is in our nature that all of us long for happiness. Yet we fail to achieve it because we don't understand it. We think, I will be happy once I finish school. I will be happy once I have money. I will be happy once I reach my goals. I will be happy once I lose weight. I will be happy once I find someone special, etc. But when we get those things that we say we wanted, accomplish the things that we wanted to, get married, have children, or whatever that condition is that we placed on our coveted happiness, we're still unhappy or maybe just partially happy. We then think of other things to own and other things to achieve that will make us finally happy. Understand Happiness is a choice or a decision, not a destination derived from conditions that we have absolutely nothing to do with happiness at all. 
I want you to hear me on this. If you cannot choose to be happy right now with yourself and with who you are, you are not going to be happy when you get the things that you thought would make you happy. The simple key to true happiness is this. Living to the fullest potential in the moment that you have right now. Being 100% present in this moment. Pay attention to this very moment. These moments are called life moments. The moments that truly give life meaning. They are the moments that when you... When... They are the moments that when you are... In your last days, you cherish, laugh, and cry tears of joy. It was the moment that you saw beauty in nature. It was the moment you began to love yourself. It was the humble moments. It was the powerful connection that you had with someone or something. The things you will regret are, I didn't love more. I didn't pay attention. I let months or years go by. I was selfish. I was too busy thinking about the future but did nothing to create it create the future or outcome that I wanted. I don't want you to have any regrets. I want you to be truly happy. Be positive. Live in the moment. Quit trying to control everything. You can't. You can only control you. So be happy in who you are and what you're doing right now. Even if it's a bad day, find something good in it and let God deal with everything else. That's what he's here for. That is his job and he loves it. He wants us to need him, to use him, to trust him. So do it. He wants to be your best friend, so let him. I mean, really, can you think of a better best friend than the creator of all things? I can't. Just saying. Today's homework. At the top of every hour, I want you to take five minutes and write down what is happening in that moment that is that makes you happy. That makes you smile. Even if it's just that you are taking those five minutes for yourself for a change. Then live in that moment. Take a deep breath. Feel the sun on your face, the breeze in your hair. Be thankful. Get you a spark or a cup of coffee or a glass of water or a glass of wine, whatever it is that will make you smile and do it and live in that moment. Run through your office screaming roll tight. You know, I'm a big Alabama fan. We just beat LSU this weekend, so I'm super happy about that. <laughs> I'll scream roll tight and make everybody laugh while I do it. Uh, I mean, that works for me. Hey, if nothing else, somebody else will smile and laugh for you. Maybe at you, but it's still a smile nonetheless. But do you get what I'm saying? Slow down. Enjoy your life before it passes you by. And all you have is I wish or I should have or I could have or I wanted to, but I didn't. I was afraid to take a chance or what if. Don't let that be you. That was my post on September 7th of 2018. I got a lot of feedback from that post. Um, people were truly amazed at the thought that they could choose to be happy. So, you know... Listening to me talk now, and, and you haven't met me, and you probably don't know anything about me if you just ran across this podcast and thought the title of it, Life Awakening, was, was something interesting that you wanted to check out. So, um, I'm 51. I'm a mother of two grown children. I am the grandmother of three 
beautiful grandchildren. And uh, my backstory is really huge. I uh, was, I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. I suffered that at the hands of many different people, actually. But it started with my mother, actually, and my biological father. They were the first ones to sexually abuse me. And it was at the age of two and a half, three years old. That went on till I was about six and a half, seven years old. Uh, I had babysitters, sons and cousins and whatever they you know, did whatever they wanted to, to me. And, you know, I was always told, keep it quiet. Um, you know, then my stepdad raped me at the age of 13. And I was always an angry kid. You know what I mean? I, I blacked out all of the early childhood sexual abuse until I had my own children and they were the same age that I was when it happened to me. And I started having nightmares and very, very vivid memories of, of what had happened. My husband at the time, my children's father, he begged me to talk to my mom and, and find out what was going on. But I told him, I was like, there's no way my mom would do that. She wouldn't let anybody do that, much less participate. Like, who does that? Well, when I confronted her, it was all true. She confirmed every last memory that I had. And uh, it was it was a very trying time for all of us. Needless to say, uh, I didn't speak to my mom for a couple of years, and uh, but I was able to find forgiveness for her. Uh, like I said, I was a very angry child, and I didn't know why I was angry because I had blacked out all of those memories, and it makes sense now, looking back at it, why I was angry all the time. I found my happiness in sports. Sports and school. Like, I really loved school. I was happy at school. I was happy at school because I felt safe at school. I was happy playing sports because I was great at it. And I felt like I was in control. I had control of my life. And it was a choice that I had at that moment in time. When you let your circumstances and the things around you control your happiness and how you feel, you give away your power. And I had given away my power for so many years. You know, fast forward to 2009, I had, you know, sort of, sort of kind of mended the relationship with my mom. It was on again, off again. My mom was a drug addict. She never beat her demons up until the day she died on December 4th of 2013. When she was on her drugs, we didn't get along very well. And, you know, she had, my mom had some great, like, best friend mom moments. You know what I mean? I, I really do love my mom and um, loved her. She she showed up and showed out when, when she wasn't, you know, high on her drugs. Um, and so I had to learn how to separate the person from the act. I had to learn to separate the mom that I loved so dearly from the drug addict that I didn't want anything to do with. I had to learn how to figure out what happiness was for me because I didn't know. I knew sports made me happy. I loved being on the field. I loved playing third base. I loved batting. I loved catching. I loved pitching. I loved the whole sport of softball. I played basketball. I, I liked it. I, I wouldn't say that it was a love or a passion. Softball was definitely a passion for me. And those things made me happy. And I thought that when I got married, I would be happy. 
Hmm. I was, I called it happiness. Uh, I was running away from a, an abusive home life at my mom's house. Uh, I was looking for him to save me. He did. Then I had children. I thought that would make me happy. And my kids are, are, are a big part of my happiness. I'm not saying that those things that you want are not going to make you happy, but they're not going to make you complete. I want you to know that you are complete like you are right now. In this very moment, you are complete. You are a whole person. Inside and out. Your soul, your heart, every part of you, you are complete. And you are amazing. You are in control of your happiness. It's a choice. Uh, when I fast forward to 2009, I had hit the darkest part of my depression. Uh, looking back on it now, I was probably, or not probably, I was depressed my whole life and didn't know it. I didn't know what that word was. Uh, but in 2009, it, it it was a straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Um, I'd lost everything that I owned. Again, this was time number four. The house, the job, the car. Um, a relationship that I was madly in love with him. Uh, my kids were mad at me. They weren't speaking to me. Don't ask me what that was about because I don't even remember. Um, and now I have the best relationship with both my children and all of my grandchildren. Uh, so all of those things were mended. But that depression in 2009, it was so dark. Like, all I heard were the voices in my head telling me what a horrible person that I was. That I was a terrible mom. That my kids didn't love me. Uh, that I was not lovable at all because I wasn't in a relationship. And then the man that I loved walked away and said he didn't care about me and didn't love me. And, you know, so I had, I had all these things that were proof in my mind that I was not lovable. That nobody cared uh, about me. That... They didn't get, nobody cared if I was dead or alive. I mean, basically waking up and breathing pissed me off every day. And I had a bottle of sleeping pills sitting on the nightstand with a glass of water. I remember that day almost like it was yesterday. I argued with myself. I screamed and I cried and I threw things. I was arguing as to whether or not I was going to wake up the next day. Part of me wanted to fight, to want to live, and the other part of me said, screw this. Screw this hurt, screw these tears, screw these voices, screw breathing, screw it all. I wanted out. And that was a very real thought in my head. Like I, like I bought the sleeping pills, they were sitting on the nightstand. And a friend of mine called me that day. Actually, you know, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real transparent. It was the guy that had broke up with me. And I wasn't in that place because of him. He was just an added catalyst to it. Um, I was where I was because of how I was thinking, how I thought, my thought processes at that time, the people that I allowed in my life, my circle of friends at that point in time. I would say probably two or three of them are still my friends. All the rest of them? Nope. 
they are not in my life. I don't associate with them. I don't hang out with them. Even when I go back home to Birmingham, we don't talk. Um, if they reach out, I'm like, hey, how you doing? But I don't make it a point to, to have them in my life because they were a part of a life that didn't serve me. And when I realized that I had that control, that was freeing. It was very freeing. I can tell you that when my friend called me that day, and it's odd that he called because he never called. He's a texter. He'd always text, always text. And if he had texted me, I wouldn't have answered it. I would have ignored it. But because he called and it was so out of the ordinary, it was so um, not his norm, I answered the phone. And I wasn't nice when I answered the phone. I was like, what do you want? I'm busy. I got things to do. And this whole part of my story is in, in, in my book, but I wanted to sh share with you guys how how deep this this really got. Because like listening to me talk now, when you guys like really dig into my podcast, you're going to find out I don't have days like that anymore. But, you know, when I was on the phone with him, we argued. Like, I cried. He yelled. I cried some more. He'd yell some more. I cried some more. I'm like, you made me cry. Are you happy now? No, and another thing. Da -da 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 -da. Like, I don't remember what the whole conversation was. I just remember the parts that, that were pertinent. You know, he told me, he was like, you're not the woman that I fell in love with. And I need you to snap out of it. Like, I need you to wake the F up. Um, and that was like a, a really key moment right there. It was like, all I heard him say was, I love you. That's all I heard him say was, I love you. And that flipped around everything in my head. So everything in my head at that point was a lie. Not everybody hated me. Somebody loved me. He said he loved me. That love, that one time he said, I love you, was enough to change my life in that moment. It gave me enough hope to want to live and see what was on the other side of my fear. So I don't know how long we were on the phone. I want to say it was a good, probably hour-long conversation, maybe a little longer. And by the time we got off the phone, he was like, yo, T, like, are you, are you good? Like, for real, like, you know, like, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life or what's going on in your life. I'm your friend. I'm always going to be your friend. Whether we're in a relationship or not, I'm always going to be your friend. And you can talk to me about whatever it is that you want to talk about. I'm here for you. I'm always going to be here for you. And I need you to know that. And that was very important to me. To know that I had him in my life that way. Or I had somebody in my life that way. And I told him, I was like, you know, I'm good. Like, by the time I got off the phone, I actually laughed. And I think that was the first time I had laughed in a really, really long time. And it felt good. I wasn't sure that I knew what good was anymore, but it definitely felt better than what I'd been feeling. And so we hung up the phone. And for the first time in probably some years, I didn't hear those voices in my head. It was silence. 
quietness. A form of peace that I had never, I don't think I'd ever really felt before, ever. I don't know how long I sat there staring at those bottle of pills and that glass of water. I think I just kind of zoned out for a minute just staring into them. And I got up and I picked them up and I walked all the way to the other side of the house where the bathroom was. And I watched each and every one of those pills go into the toilet and I flushed them. I have no idea how long I stood there and stared at an empty toilet <laughs> to make sure they all went down, I guess. Um, I was 186 pounds back then. 38% body fat. I was fat and ugly and I hated who I saw in the mirror. But I knew I liked not having those voices in my head and I knew I had to do something to keep it that way. Uh, January 2010, which was just a couple of weeks after me and my friend had that conversation. I got in the gym and I started working out. And then my best friend Michelle, she joined me. My roommate Laura, she joined me. And between the three of us, we lost almost 150 pounds in like three months. I myself went from 130, 186 pounds down to 139 and 38% body fat down to 22% body fat. I was a new person. Like I lost a, like the size of a of an eleven year old kid, you know. Um, and the manager at the gym asked me. She was like, "Are you a personal trainer?" I was like, "No." I said, "I've just always been an athlete. I know what to do in the gym." And she was like, "Well, we've got lots of people that seen yours and your friend's transformation, and you know they want to work with you, but you need to be certified to do that. If that's something that you would be interested in doing, we would love to have you, and we have you a built-in clientele." And I was like, "You can get paid for this, really? Wow, that was a light switch moment for me, man. Like, it was the first time I think ever." in my life that I set a goal for myself as something that I wanted to do. I knew I liked working out but I, like I and I'll be I'll be hundred percent honest, man. Those first those first few weeks that I was in that gym, we had a racquetball room. I stayed in that racquetball room and I was doing angry workouts. Everything that upset me or made me mad I was in that racquetball room and I took it out on that little bitty ass ball. Like, I, sometimes I was in that racquetball for three hours. And then I'd still go do a, a weight training workout. There was no rhyme or reason to how I was working out. I, there wasn't no um, mathematical equations to me. There was no, okay, well, you got to work this and you got to work that. It was like, okay, today I'm going to work upper body today. Uh, the next day I'm going to work lower body. I'm going to get at least... 30 minutes of cardio in and I knew that would work and that's all I knew and then I started doing the the racquetball and I would get in there for hours and it felt good like angry felt better than depression angry felt better than sadness and I was okay being angry I would much rather be angry than sad and when the clothes started getting too big and I could start seeing my muscles then I started buying smaller clothes. I started feeling better. Like, I wasn't angry anymore. I was more frustrated. 
kind of move myself up the emotional scale. And I knew I wasn't out of the woods. I was not happy with who I was or where I was going in life. But I knew that I had that was a light switch moment where I now have the opportunity to make a choice, to make a decision that's going to change my life forever. And if I do it right, if I make this decision and I go after it and I don't stop until I achieve it, then I could quite possibly get my family back. I would get to see my grandkids. I would get to have a relationship with my kids again. And in the back of my mind, that was the the most important thing for me is I wanted my family back. I wanted to feel that love from my family. And if Jay hadn't called me that day, I don't know that that would be possible. Do I know for sure that I would have taken that whole bottle of sleeping pills? I have no idea. But I don't want to. Te- I I don't want to go back to that moment and test it. I can tell you that. I spent the next two years working on me. I was a forty-two-year-old stripper trying not to be homeless. I was doing webcam shows. I was uh, stripping at uh, private parties and at nightclubs up in Huntsville. I didn't hear my birth given name for two years because you weren't going to attach that life to me. And I didn't, I didn't know what happiness was. I didn't know that I could choose to be happy at that point in time. I moved to Atlanta in 2011 and I uh, passed my personal trainer exam in March 8th of 2012. And I sat out in the car and I cried the day that I passed that test for what seemed like forever. I know it was probably like five minutes logically uh but like that was my I did it moment man like I did it like I just changed my life and I walked away from all the drugs and the alcohol and the darkness that I was in for all those years for my whole entire life basically but really for those two years Like I kept my head down and I did what I had to do in order to make money, in order to survive. And I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and I didn't know how I was going to get to the end of that tunnel, but I was going to get there. And the day that I passed that test was the day that I walked into that light and I shut that door behind me so that darkness could never attach itself to me again. I got back in church uh, the end of May of that year and... I rededicated my life to to God in August of 2012, and I started doing personal development. I had talked to my, I rekindled my relationship with my son and my daughter, and uh, we were becoming friends again, and my son was doing a lot of personal development, and I told him, I was like, you know, Brad, I don't, I don't want to go back down that path again. I don't ever want to be in, in the shadows, in the dark places. Uh, I never took an antidepressant. I never saw a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I never uh, let anybody label me as depressed or having depression. But I look back at it now knowing that that's exactly where I was at and what I was feeling and how I was feeling and and all of those things. Because I can see the signs and I I know what the, the terminology and the definition of what that is. But the first book that he gave me to read was 
The Traveler's Gift and Mastering the Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews. And he's still today one of my fa most famous favorite uh, authors. And he is actually the reason for the name of this 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 podcast. His his book, Mastering the Seven Decisions, talks about the seven principles of life that apply to you, whether you know it or not, whether you harness them or not. And you get to choose to incorporate them into your life and learn how to use them to make your life better or not. And when I, and I, I I'm going to be a hundred percent transparent again with the first time I went through that book, I half asked it those exercises that was in there. I did not go all in. I like, I wasn't writing a whole lot. I wrote, I wrote some notes down on the inside of the book and I still have that exact same book sitting right here on my nightstand. Um, it just half-assed doing the exercises in that book. I changed my life. And so I went back through the book. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to dig in. And I'm going to go through this book. And I'm going to do these exercises. I don't care how uncomfortable it gets. I don't care how honest I got to get with myself. But I'm going to change the course of my life again. Like, I love where I'm at. I love personal training people. It's absolutely phenomenal to, to get to see the change and not only the change in people's bodies, but the change in their mentality, the change in their soul, the change in their, their, the way they look at themselves, their emotions, their emotional status is just the most gratifying feeling on the face of the planet. You can get that feeling by smiling at somebody. Like, smile at a stranger. Hold the door open for them, man. That might be the only smile that they get that day. And it's amazing to know that you contributed to a smile for somebody else. But when I went back through the book the second time, and I really started doing the exercises, I can tell you that it was a life awakening for me. Like, it was like a serious OMG moment, like, Girl, change like you got to change where you're at. You've got to change your surroundings. You've got to change the people, your circle of influence. Like the people, the top five people that you call on in your life. If you wouldn't trade places with them, you can't let them speak into your life. Are they making are they making the amount of money that you want to achieve? If not, I wouldn't be asking them for financial advice. Are they great parents? Are they raising great children? Do they are, are their children going to be great human beings that's going to contribute to the world? If not, would you ask them for parenting advice? I wouldn't recommend it. But learning that I get to choose who my friends are versus letting them choose me. Like for the longest time, when I was when I was in the dark places in the shadows, I thought you were. It, 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 this is just this is this is how stupid this was for me. I called you my friend if you partied with me at the bar. If we drank together at the bar and we partied together, you were my friend. Yeah, it, it, like for real. Like, come in, I'm talking about myself right now. That's just stupid. That is asinine, Tammy. And I, like, I will never be in that position ever again. Like, if you're my friend, we're going to be leveling each other up. We're not going to be tearing each other down. 
There's not, there's not anything that is going to happen that is going to make me think lesser of myself or you. If you're doing something that is, that is not leveling you up, I'm going to be a hundred percent real and say, I'm going to check you. Like, what are you doing? Like you said you wanted X, Y, and Z. Well, why are you doing A, B, and C? A, B, and C is not going to lead to X, Y, and Z or whatever that looks like. But one of the decisions in Andy Andrews' book is you get to choose happiness. That was a very profound book for me. Like that whole chapter about you get to choose happiness and happiness is a decision. So if you have a moment going on in a day and it's not necessarily a, a, a happy moment. Find the gold in that moment. You know what I mean? Maybe your boss told you you got to work late. Maybe you don't want to work late. But you feel like you don't have a choice. Okay. You're going to work late. Well, let's find the gold in you working late. One, you get paid time and a half because you're working late. Two, a lot of times if you're working late, sometimes you get to work by yourself. And then that way you don't have to be around your boss. Now, that's a win. You're working late. You don't get to. You don't have to drive in the five o'clock traffic. That's a win. Do you know? There's something good in every moment. There's something positive about being in the present moment, and you get to choose that. That's your right. That is your God-given right to choose happiness. Or not. Like what? What makes you happy? Like today I choose to be happy. Did you know that if you laugh more and you're a happy person, it actually, it is a statistical fact that happy people make more money. It is a statistical fact that happier people draw more opportunities to them. You will create circumstances, opportunities, and things in your life to create more happiness by just choosing to be happy. And I can just tell you from personal experience, like you've just heard a big chunk of my story. And like listening to me talk right now, can you can you feel the happiness just oozing from every part of my body? Like, I don't have bad days anymore. I might have a bad moment. I won't even call it a bad moment in a day. I might have a like, what was that kind of feeling for the day or for a moment? I acknowledge it. What is that? Okay, you can go away now. Where's the gold? Whatever that is. And I keep it moving. If you focus too much on the negative, so 
you know, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the law of attraction too. Like, you know, whatever you put out is what you get back. So if you're putting out more negative garbage, you're going to get back more negative garbage. You're going to bring more people into your experience that are negative. Have you ever started having a conversation with somebody and you're bitching, moaning, groaning, and complaining about whatever's going on in your day? And then that person starts doing the same thing. And then the next person that comes up starts doing the same thing. And, you know, and now all of you are sitting there having a, 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 a bitching, moaning, groaning, complaining party. And everybody's negative and everybody's angry and everybody's pissed off. And now everybody wants to go to the bar and have a drink. And what do you do when you get to the bar? You meet more people that are that way. And then you add alcohol to the situation. And now everybody's pissed off and somebody starts a fight at the bar and you get caught up in it. You, you brought it on. You manifested that. Now, let's flip the switch for a minute. If you choose to be happy, you're going to draw to you more people, circumstances, situations, and things to make those happy moments multiply. Like, it's what we call the synchronicities of life. I will tell you, I have random people that come into my life all the time. There's no coincidences. And, like, we do nothing but have joyful conversations. And, you know, they might get off on a tip of, oh, this happened at work and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, well, what'd you do about it? What do you mean what I do about it? I ain't complaining about it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not listening. Well, why aren't you listening? And I was like, because that's not part of my what I want to bring into my experience. So find somebody else to complain to. If you're not doing something to correct the situation, then you're going to manifest more of it. Like you have a choice and a decision to decide whether you're going to accept that moment and that emotion or not. And that was a really big epiphany for them right then. That they got to choose whether or not they get to be happy. So this is what I want you to do. So I don't know what time of the day you're listening to this podcast. If it's evening time, then do it tomorrow. If it's morning time, then start right now. So at the top of every hour, I want you to take just a couple minutes and I want you to write down five things that you're grateful for. Five things. Five things. Um, you can find me on, on Facebook. Uh, just get on Facebook, search Tammy Loftus, L-O-F like Frank, T-I-S. Uh, and if you do this and you're listening to this, I want you to uh, find my Find my page and tag me in it and say, hashtag five things. Hashtag Tammy Loftus, hashtag five things. Uh, and five things that you're grateful for, man. Gratitude and anger can't live in the same house. Gratitude and appreciation and depression can't live in the same house. They're two opposite ends of the stick. They're two opposite ends of the emotional scale. So if you can be grateful, and you can find something to be grateful for. I don't even know you, but I know you got something to be grateful for. Number one, you're listening to this podcast. That's something to be grateful for. Because if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you have internet. You've got a phone because you've got an app or you're listening to it on the internet on your computer. So you can listen to me anytime you want to. Or any other podcast that you want to. So it's something to be thankful for. 
if you have the internet, that means you have money coming in because you can pay the bill. So if you got money coming in, that's a win. And you can pay the bill. That's a win. That's three things right there. So if you got money coming in, that more than likely means you probably got a job. That's something to be thankful for. All right. And if you have a job, then you have a way to get to that job, whether that's public transportation. Uh, I took public transportation for an entire year getting back and forth to work. It was five hours out of my day every day for an entire year. But I did not miss a client and I would never missed work. Or you got a car. If you got a car, great. It's something to be thankful for. So if you can find the things to be grateful for or appreciative of, write it, write it, write an appreciation list. Things that you appreciate about your boss, that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, five things that you appreciate about your spouse. Five things that you appreciate about your children. Five things that you appreciate about your job. Five things that you appreciate about your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your cousin or whatever. Your significant other. When you do that, there's no way that you're going to feel bad anymore. Not in that moment. So... With that being said, I so, so, so appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart taking time out to listen to my podcast. Um, and I hope that you really enjoyed this this talk today. Uh, if you did, please leave a, leave a note or a comment. Uh, send me a message on Facebook or I think there is a way to leave comments on here. That would be great. Uh, share this message with somebody that you think it'll help. I would greatly appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great night. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.